0: Welcome to Real Talk Podcast. I am Valerie Malone, Life Coach Motivational Speaker. Real Talk Podcast is aimed to empower you to grow, learn, and create a life you love on your own terms. In this podcast, we bring experts worldwide to talk about their experience around health, relationship, career, and money mindset. Each episode, experts share their success stories and provide strategies, tools, and techniques you can apply in your life to solve in a specific issue that you may be facing. Be sure to subscribe, like, and leave a comment so more wonderful people like you can listen to this podcast. Hi, Stever. Thank you so much for being in my podcast. I'm so excited to have you here and the topics that we're going to talk about
1: today. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: My pleasure, my pleasure. So the first thing that I want to ask you and I want our listeners to know about you is um, in our in, in your own word, tell us what you do. Uh,
1: yeah, that's always the that's always the complicated question, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. what I do is what I have been doing is executive coaching, primarily around two broad areas one is around helping people who don't truly and deeply understand business understand things like their business model and how to run the business and how to think about marketing and getting out there in the world and then on the flip side people who are running businesses uh, multi-person businesses and they need help with the people side of things with the leadership with the with the team building with communications and so on i help them with that so i handle both the people and the human side as well as the process and the business side, whichever one of my clients needs at the moment. And recently, I've been concentrating a lot on marketing, because marketing is really where business and communication both come together. Also, I'm working on a marketing book. So, you know, it uh, always always helps to crystallize one's thinking.
0: Oh, this is fantastic. Fantastic. Because um, I love that what you said, uh, you, you're working with people that have Um, wanted to start their business and they don't have as much knowledge and they're like, okay, I like to start my business. I don't know where to start and where to finish. And also leadership that is like, okay, um, how to communicate, which is so important for team building. But uh, before we talk about that, you're writing a book about marketing and marketing, like you said, is so important. And a lot of our listeners, they are um, either starting a business or been in a business for a little bit or wanted to scale up their business. But one thing that's uh, holding them back and kind of getting them Frustrated is marketing. They like you know because marketing changes constantly. So tell us about your book and tell us why it's so important to literally conquer the marketing. Otherwise, there is no business.
1: Sure. Well, for now, the book the book is is hush hush. So you didn't hear it here. Uh, But the reason that marketing is so important is that ultimately, what a business does is it provides value to a market. It serves some need of that market. It fills the need, solves people's problems, and in return, people give it money. A business is viable if the problem being solved and the way it's being solved is something that people will pay more money for than it costs you to provide the solution. And mm. that's, that's business in a nutshell. Business in a nutshell is someone has a problem, I can solve it, it costs me $5 to solve it, they're willing to pay $8 to solve it, that gives me a $3 profit, and that $3 profit is what I can use to, run, to hire people, to pay myself, to pay all of my expenses, mm. and so on. Marketing is the field, and before I give the exact definition, uh, a lot of people confuse marketing and sales. Mm. And the way that I think about it, and this is not my original formulation, this came from a man named Danny Inney, who's the founder of a a successful online training company called Miracy, is marketing is the creation of desire, and sales is fulfilling the desire that you've created. So marketing is letting your market, well, first of all, it's choosing a market deciding what need you fill and letting your market know, hey, it is possible that this need can be filled. Mm. So you know what? If you're somebody who's a migraine sufferer, marketing is telling that migraine sufferer there are solutions to migraines or ways to mitigate the symptoms. That's marketing. Sales is, and marketing is a broad-based thing. Marketing reaches lots and lots of people. Sales is having a particular person who the marketing has gotten them interested in the solution. Sales is sitting down with that person, whether it's literal or metaphoric, and leading them through the process to decide that not only is the solution right for them, but the solution purchased from you is right for them. So marketing is the creation of desire. Sales is the fulfillment of the desire you've created.
0: Wonderful. You explained that so well. Uh, So um, now my follow question on that. Marketing. I love to say that marketing and, and sale is different. And that's a lot of people probably mix those two up, which you clarify for us. Thank you for that. Um, so why it is so difficult for entrepreneurs to market themselves to the right target audience?
1: Well, one of the problems with being an entrepreneur, by being an entrepreneur, I assume you mean a self-employed solo business. Is that the kind of entrepreneurship you're referring to, because there are certainly entrepreneurs who raise a bunch of money, hire a whole staff, and they have an entire marketing department, and they typically have less problem with marketing. So you're referring to the self-marketing.
0: Um, self-marketing, or even um, like uh, like even if if we have to hire somebody, and I know I have done it, uh, not so much fancier than the, these big companies, but um, even if you hire somebody, it's kind of like a. But they do what they do is that try and error. I say, okay, let me let me try this, let me try that. And next thing you know, months and months pass by, and you're spending a lot of money, but you're not really getting the result that you're looking for.
1: Right. Well, guess what? <laughs> Welcome to the wonderful world of marketing. Um, there are a few. There's a lot of issues. Marketing is actually a much deeper concept. A lot of times it's presented as, oh, all you have to do is get a Facebook pixel. And once you have that Facebook pixel, then you can just use retargeting and magically, boom, you'll have tons of business. No, no, it doesn't work that way. Uh, furthermore, there's a lot of groundwork you have to do before you buy that face, before you get that Facebook pixel, or you're gonna be spending a lot of money on Facebook and potentially getting very little results. Um, so, okay, so... Marketing starts with identifying who your target market is and what need of theirs you fill. Mm-hmm. And that part, sometimes it's easy. If you're a member of your own target market, then you probably can identify that easily. So mm-hmm. let's say that you are, I'm going to go ahead and stick with the, with the migraine example. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's say that you're a migraine sufferer, mm-hmm. right? You understand what the problem is. You understand what the symptoms are. You understand that you can say to another migraine sufferer, do you have migraines that are so bad you can't think and have to miss half a day of work or a full day of work or you're bedridden? So you can create a compelling story that's going to relate and connect with other migraine sufferers. And assuming that you actually have something that solves the problem, you can probably entice them at least to give you a fair hearing, if not to actually try your product. But there's a lot of assumptions based in that scenario. One is that you understand who the market actually is. Two is that you understand how they think about the problem and how they're willing to hear the problem. And then three, that your solution actually fills the need and that you're communicating it to people in a way where they know that it's being filled. And there's a lot of heavy lifting in that. Unlike a lot of different disciplines in marketing, a lot of it is trial and error. And that's one of the reasons it takes a long time and one of the reasons that sometimes it shows no results because you try things you think will work and gradually you hone in on the thing that will. Mm-hmm. This takes, by the way, a certain personality type. It takes a personality type that is, uh, you know, that is amenable to, to ambiguity and to honing in on things. And mm-hmm. I know one of the things that we were going to talk about was my own current marketing journey. Right. One of the most hilarious parts of that is I do not have that kind of personality <laughs> at all. And so if I try something and it doesn't work, like I freak out and I just go, oh, my God, maybe I need to have a whole new product. Well, again, marketing is a bunch of trial and error. What makes a marketing professional worth paying for is either they have enough knowledge of your particular market that they are able to very, very quickly hone in on the message that works. So let's say you are not a migraine sufferer, but Mm -hmm. you still have a migraine cure you're not gonna know what things migraine sufferers deal with. But if you hire a marketing person who has marketed things to migraine sufferers before, they already know, here's where the migraine sufferers go to get their information. Here are the people who migraine sufferers consider to be experts. Here are the symptoms of a migraine and the problems it creates in, person's work, in a person's life. So a marketing expert either will already know that if you bring in somebody who's familiar with your product category in your market, or the marketing expert will know how to very quickly go out and get that information by finding migraine sufferers, interviewing them, asking them the right questions so they can come back and say, you know what? Turns out that migraine sufferers don't use Facebook, but every migraine sufferer subscribes to Doctor Bills Migraine Quarterly. So mm-hmm. if you if you put an advertisement in Doctor Bills Migraine Quarterly, it's going to reach all the migraine sufferers. Obviously, I made that up. I'm going to guess that a lot of migraine sufferers go on the web and search for migraine medication. But <laughs> you know whatever. But but the key is you need to understand where your market is hanging out, how they think about their problems, and what they're looking for in a solution to those problems. And then you need to get yourself in front of them. Uh, and depending on the market. For migraine medication, you don't need to convince migraine sufferers that solutions exist, and um, uh, that solutions exist, and that there are ways to deal with at least some of the symptoms of migraines. They know that. They know that. I don't know if solutions exist, but they know there are medications and there are things that they can do. However, if you're inventing a whole new product category, or if you're in some squishy, vague category like I'm a coach, well, most people don't know what the heck a coach means. Coach. A, a coach is not other than sports coach it isn't a prof- it isn't by most people thought of as a profession that addresses a certain need it is a way of delivering a product or service so if i come up to you and say hey valerie guess what i'm a coach your whopping reaction is that's nice pass me the cheese please <laughs> right, right whereas if i come up to you and i say you know what you're making a podcast i can coach you to make your podcast crystal clear to help your voice be beautiful and seductive in a way that draws people and draws listeners in, and then get that podcast out so 100,000 people will be listening to it in six months. Mm. Are you interested? Yes. And right, I'm guessing you're really interested, and I'm guessing I wouldn't even have to do a whole lot of a sales job after that. Right. And you know what? You don't care if I do it by coaching. You don't care if I do it for you. You don't care if I'm going to sell you other people's products. Mm. I What I just did, as I said, here's your pay. well, I implied the pain points, right? Pain points being, am I coming across well? Am I coming across in a way that's bringing, drawing my audience in? Mm. And am I going to build an audience? And mm. I'm going to guess the, at those pain points because those were the pain points that I had as a podcaster and I podcasted for 12 years. So I'm going to hope those were the right ones. And all I basically said was, I can solve these problems for you. Mm. And you said, yay, count me in right that's that's marketing
0: and and um i love that you said okay so uh you literally said that okay this is the problem and i have the solution for it and your language and your story um kind of like goes with that to market out there and tell people hey i i know how uh having a migraine feels like i know how you you tell them the story and they're like oh my god i i I feel the same way. I know what you're talking about. And you're like, boom, okay, here's what I did. And here's the solution for that. But let's take it to another notch. And now let's make it a little bit difficult. That's really beautifully said. Now, what about the people like, um, they're like, okay. Steve or like, I understand what you're saying. That's good and all, but somehow my, I have this, but there's a lot of competition out there. There's a lot of people that are selling these products for migration. So how can I differentiate myself from them in order for my marketing to stick and I can actually make it work?
1: One of the things to understand about the way that commerce works and the way that marketing works, you always have competition. Always, it doesn't matter what business you're in, it doesn't matter what you're doing, unless you truly have something that is genuinely unique, like, hey, guess what? I have a COVID vaccine and no one else does, mm-hmm. right? And even then, they, they, there's competition for COVID vaccines. Um, the, so, so there's a few things to understand about competition. One of them is that competition is depends on the distribution channel you're using to reach people. Okay. I'm going to give you so a distribution channel for those of you who don't know the term a distribution channel is just how you reach your target market people say things like wow i have a i have a a a new type of i'm trying to think of a (laughs) the the first thing that came to mind was not something i wanted to say on the air um I, i i have a new type of of deodorant right and this this deodorant could be used by any any human being on the planet, so that means my market is seven billion people. N- no, it's not. That's not actually your market. Mm-hmm. Uh, your market is the is which of the seven billion people can you reach? Yeah. So let's say that there is th- there are a whole bunch of online clubs and YouTube channels that are all about men's grooming. Just mm-hmm. a hint for you guys out there: there are a bunch of online clubs about men's grooming and depending upon your partner and what your partner is into, you may or may not wish to visit them. Um, and let's say that we, and by deodorant, who knows? Uh, let, <laughs> am I projecting here? I'm, 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 kind of like, I'm kind of like, hmm, how do I really feel about my body? <laughs> so in any event, let's say that you find a bunch of clubs like that. And right. you say, you know what? I can advertise and or be, be introduced to these clubs. I can be interviewed by the people who, who run them because they have podcasts. So I estimate that there's about a million people that I could directly reach if I spent a whole bunch of time trying to reach them through these clubs. Great. Awesome. You didn't, this is not the 7 billion, but what you just identified was you just identified a million people that you can reach. That's called your addressable market. Mm. Once you find a way to reach those people, which in this case would be advertising in those groups, joining the groups, posting things, whatever, that's when you can start bringing them in and getting them interested. And, you know, hey guys, you know, do you smell like, you know, have you showered in the last week? And if not, you know, have you noticed that people cringe away from you in public? Well, guess what? I I can make people want to spend time with you. Interested? Try my deodorant. So when you're talking about how do you differentiate yourself from the competition, the important thing to know is that competition is per distribution channel. Mm. So what that means is if you're going and talking to people in a Facebook group about men's grooming, and you're the only person there talking about deodorant, you don't actually have any competition. Not in that channel. If what you're doing is trying to put up a website about deodorant and get top search engine listing for that, then your competition is every other person on the entire planet Mm -hmm. who has some form of deodorant and is trying to get top search engine placement. That's one of the reasons that top search engine placement is not a great way. Well, number one, you can't afford it. Right. Because to truly get to the top and stay there, you need a warehouse full of people constantly optimizing your site, which you know, according to whatever Google's algorithm is, which, you know, Google claims it's not gameable, but then they give you tools like Google Analytics whose entire purpose is to game their algorithm. So right. all I can say is, you know, what, what you're doing there is you're competing on the basis of who can fool Google until Google makes that technique stop working. Hmm. Um, but you can go out th- through more specific channels. So if somebody says, wow, you know, there's a lot of other competitors out there. First of all, I would say, Maybe you need to look at other distribution channels. Maybe you need to look, for example, let's say that you are selling, uh, let's stick with the deodorant example for a minute. Let's say that you're selling deodorant. You could try to sell it through drugstores, right? There's lots of competition in drugstores, but there's less competition in drugstores than there's going to be in the general search engine world. Mm -hmm. Right? But you might do something like form a partnership with a chain of spas. Because people who go to spas probably need deodorant,
0: right?
1: And see if you can get them to carry your deodorant as an impulse buy, you know, at their cash register. And and in that context, there may be no other no other person advertising deodorant. That may be a way to get your foot in the market. Or oh, gyms. Or yep, or a gym. Although. I, depending upon who's on lockdown, I can't go to my gym right now. So, yeah. advertising, advertising in my gym is not going to be super, super uh, useful. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but yes. So, so basically, the idea, the idea, the idea behind this idea, is find a distribution channel that will reach your target market, but will do so with very few other people reaching the same target market. And I'll tell you one of my favorite examples uh, about mm-hmm. this, which is in fact going to be in my book. Uh, so if you're going to be, if you're going to buy the book, don't, don't, don't listen to this example. So you're surprised (laughs) But one day I went to one of these get rich quick weekends where people say, you know, we'll tell you the true secret about doing, about doing technical investing. We'll Mm -hmm. tell you the true secret about real estate investing. We'll tell you the true secret about investing in domain names. We'll tell you all about cryptocurrency, right? And, and what all of these lectures and this education is it's basically. It's basically an hour long presentation whose entire purpose is to get you to run to the back of the room and spend $9,000 on, um, uh, you know, on their little kit that that will help you implement their amazing trading system. Mm. So I, I went to this thing and, you know, within 10 minutes, I was like, wow, this this thing is really like this is like a total scam. Like everything about it is nothing. I mean, maybe these systems worked, but the way they were being presented to me, somebody who's used to the real business world, everything about it just screamed, this was made to take advantage of people. So I was just, I was, you know, kind of laughing at it. And I got up to walk back and take a look at the product table. Mm -hmm. And as I walked up to the product table, my lawyer was standing there.
0: Oh my God.
1: And I was like, dude, like, you're not buying these things, are you? And he's like, "Nope." And I'm like, "Okay, so what are you doing here? Why, why why is my upstanding lawyer at a get rich quick seminar?" Right. And he said, "Because I'm standing here and as each person makes their purchase, I'm giving them my business card and I'm saying, "If you're not satisfied with the results, let me know and we'll get your money back." Wow. So basically, what my lawyer figured out is, here is a venue that is full of people who are going to really want a lawyer five weeks from now, mm. and there are no other lawyers there. So he's the only one, so everyone's taking his card. Right. That is a great example. In fact, I was talking to him just a day, a day ago, uh, and I was saying, dude, I st-, you know, that happened like 10 years ago. And I was like, I still remember that as if it were yesterday and he just kind of laughed he's like yeah It's like, you know, there's no one else. there handing out cards. So, you know, I end up getting a hundred percent exposure to my market And that was just great so you want to choose a distribution channel where there aren't going to be a lot of alternatives to your product and also and this is really important to understand a competitor is not just someone who sells the exact same product
0: right
1: so If you're selling a deodorant and there's an antiperspirant there, you can say, oh, well, deodorants and antiperspirants are different. Deodorants work by covering up scent, and antiperspirants work by actually actually filling up your pores, clogging them, someone might might say, uh, so that you're not sweating at all. So totally different products. Well, they may be different products in terms of what they are, but in terms of the need they fill, they fill the same need. Mm -hmm. So... If somebody isn't buying a deodorant, if somebody buys the antiperspirant, they're much less likely to buy your deodorant. And that's really that's the test of finding out if somebody is your competitor or not. Someone is your competitor if somebody would buy their product and then be less likely to buy your product. That's that's the best definition of a competitor that I've ever heard. And and so what you want is, first of all, find a distribution channel where you don't have a lot of competition. Mm. Um, now, what if you can't do that? What if you're like, okay, this is a product people buy over the internet, and they buy it by Googling it, and there's just no distribution channel anywhere in existence where, where there isn't lots of competition. Then you do need to differentiate yourself. And differentiation, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to differentiate yourself. Um, right uh you know and and by the way you don't need to be unique in the whole world because you won't be there's seven billion people in the world right and by the way when i say you don't i mean i don't this is one of my uh i got this from my father because he thinks the same way and this is one of the things that that I would say has been one of my biggest obstacles to success in life in areas where I haven't succeeded at the degree that I want to, is I have this completely bizarre and irrational belief that whatever I do has to be genuinely unique, unique. something that no one else ever does it. No, 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 no. It doesn't have to be unique. It just has to make you stand out. What are things that can make you stand out? The color of your packaging, the the type of payment plan. Let's say you're a coach. And most coaches charge by the month. Maybe your payment plan is you charge by the result. So you don't get the result, I don't get paid. Now, of course, if you charge that way, you're going to have to have a lot of confidence that you can really deliver the results. So being a general purpose coach, probably not a great idea, but if there's one specific thing you know you can always help people with, then pay for results might be a great way to do it. Mm. You can differentiate on the basis of who you work with. So if, um, right, and this is another place that I've had, I've just just had an incredible amount of difficulty in my own life um, uh, it, because most of my skills are generic. I can work with anybody and still produce results for them. Hmm. However, who do you wanna work with? You're about to buy. You're about to buy that migraine medication. Do you hmm. wanna buy the migraine medication from Bob, the person who has lots of healing stuff that can help with migraines? Or do you want to buy your, st- buy your migraine medication from Valerie, who only does one thing, and that's migraines, mm. and she does nothing but migraines and has 20 years of experience doing migraines and has had 4,000 migraine customers? Mm. Which of those two people are you going to believe has the solution to your problem? And by the way, I didn't say that either of them have a solution that works. I didn't say that Valerie, that Valerie's solution works. I just said she's been doing it for a long time. Mm but humans are built to want to, uh, to want the specialist. Right. So if I come to you and I say, you know what? I have this amazing, I have this amazing device that will actually, you know what? Let me use a slightly, a slightly different example uh, than migraines. Let's use tintinus, tinnitus, mm-hmm. tinnitus, whatever it's called, ringing in your ears. Tintinous. And I know this cause this, yeah, this was a real thing that happened yesterday. Right. Uh, I was on a phone call and someone said, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, by the way, if um, uh, uh, by the way, if you have tinnitus, here's a quick thing you can do that will reduce it. And he he just kind of tossed that off in the middle of in the middle of nowhere, mm. um, or in the middle of, a, of an unrelated conversation. And I tried the thing, and it worked. And wow, uh, right? B- but again, if if I have somebody who's I'm the tinnitus person who's been doing it for 20 years. I'm just going to go to them because I'm going to believe they're going to have a higher quality answer than somebody who is a jack of all trades. So let's say someone has a tinnitus cure and they say, well, I've been doing tinnitus for 20 years, so you should hire me. Hmm. And someone else comes up to me and says, Stever, I've been doing tinnitus for 20 years, but I've been specifically doing tinnitus for podcasters. Oh, okay. I'll be like, oh, isn't that interesting? And I will assume, because at least in my experience, people very rarely question that. I will assume that that means that you have some sort of special knowledge about how podcasters are different from everyone else Mm. and how I can cure my tinnitus as a podcaster faster. So the more specialized someone is, the more, uh, in terms of their offering, the more they're going to be perceived as an expert and as credible in whatever that particular little. Uh, uh, you know, little niches they've carved out for themselves. So part of the trick to marketing and distinguishing yourself from the characteristic is, is distinguishing yourself in a way that doesn't make your market so small that you have no customers, but does make you stand out. And that can simply be who you take on as clients. You can be the, you can be the coach for technology entrepreneurs who, who are starting a business for the first time, which is actually one of the positionings I'm considering taking my business because technology entrepreneurs have a set of skills that they generally all really need. Um, uh, Many of them are self-aware enough to know that they don't already know it all. Mm. And that's a really specific niche. So what that means is that if somebody thinks, uh, if somebody is trying to choose between the generic startup coach and the startup coach for technologists, if they're a technologist, they're going to prefer me. If they're not a technologist, they're not gonna prefer me. So what you have to do is come up with a positioning where the positioning gives you a large enough audience that, that you can go after that audience um, uh, and make a good business for yourself, but you're not ruling out too many people. Wow,
0: we covered so much, ladies and gentlemen.
1: You know how much it would have cost you to listen to this lecture? A lot. <laughs> oh, darn. there's the other marketing thing don't give everything away for free or nobody will pay you money
0: right 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 no but um yeah wow you're absolutely right because this is what people think about marketing, marketing. Okay, and then like you said, paying somebody and they're going to try and then you're like, okay, that's not working. Let's find somebody else and all you're doing, and then not so much the money, but the amount of time that people waste and it's just phenomenal that that see, oh my God, there's so many um, industries suffering, not doing good, not because they're not good or not because their products and services are not good, it's just the marketing is not done right. And um, the example of your lawyer that is wow mind blown! because that is so true people in order for you to uh find a place to advertise your products and services to has to be unique and the way you represent your products and services and as far as deodorant goes um, i gotta tell you a story i had um and i know um whoever created that is very successful his deodorant doesn't show when you wear black ah you know when you wear because yep. a lot of women it's specifically for women and then it's like if you wear a black shirt or black dress because I always had a problem with that and I'm like you know it's just like every time you put Dior in it, it stains on your shirt or on your dress and then sure enough somebody came up with it and say hey this is so clear and if you wear black and it just doesn't show at all and next thing you know it's a multi billion dollars business because there's that specific like you said they were like okay deor is out there who we're we going to give it to female, female, who wears black more dress and, and care enough about staying female. And that's what they did. And now male and female is buying it. But as far as the marketing goes, they literally apply your strategy, what you just said. And, and that's really, really this work. Yes. Yeah. So thank you so much for all of that. But now we're going to go to your story. So if you are so knowledgeable about um, marketing, what are some obstacles you're facing right now and why?
1: Sure, so the obstacle that I'm facing is the very first step in marketing, which is you have to choose your product or service and you have to choose the market that you're gonna be selling it to. And as I mentioned a little while ago, I'm a generalist. I have a set of skills that make me a good generic business problem solver. Mm. And I can't solve business problems that are specific to an industry, but there's a lot of business problems that are not specific to an industry. Mm. So there are business problems having to do with how do you lead people, with how do you organize your operations, all kinds of stuff. Those I'm great at, but that's too broad a market,
0: right?
1: Right. As, as we just established saying, oh, any business in the world would want to hire me or I could market myself to any business person. That's too broad. No one wakes up and thinks, wow, I need someone who can solve business problems. What people do is they wake up and they think, wow, I need to double my sales hmm. or I need to cut my expenses or I need to know where and how to hire the right people. Or I need to know how to tweak my product and how to run experiments to find out what changes I can make to my product to make it more attractive to my target audience. And they wake up thinking of specific problems. Uh, My issue with marketing is that the same thing that makes me a good coach which is that I generally can come in and see problems and it's like my brain just thinks a little bit differently. So someone says, oh, I'm having a problem with motivating my workforce. And I come in and spend three minutes watching them. I go, your problem has nothing to do with motivating your workforce. Your problem is an operations problem. You just think it has to do with motivation. But if you take a look, people are plenty motivated. They're just not able to do their job because your operations are are keeping them from doing it. Um, So that's great. That's great and wonderful when I am actually coaching someone. Mm. However, when I'm doing marketing, it makes it very hard for me to figure out what they want, because as soon as I know what they want, my brain just says, no, no, that's not really what they want, or it's not what they need. They need this other thing. So I need to stop my brain at the point where I find out what people want, but before I get to the point of saying, what's really the root cause? Because people aren't buying the root cause, what people are buying is is a solution to their problem. Mm. And I don't have a specific product at the moment because I can do many different things. I could do career development, I can do communication skills, I can do how to plan and debug operations. As I said earlier, I actually have both the business and the people skill set. So I don't have a specific thing chosen in advance. And so even if I choose a specific group of people, like say, you know what? I want to do work for women in the workforce. I want to I want to help women get ahead. Which problem of theirs am I going to solve? So I've chosen my market, which is women who want to get ahead, and now I go and say which problem do I want to solve I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I could help them solve any problem." Ah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe then I should choose a different problem, a specific problem and then find people. Oh, how about the problem is technologists are bad at leading companies a lot of times because they have bad people skills. Oh, well great. So the market should be technologists. Mm. Oh, but technologists also need these other skills. And like, like, it's like I keep bouncing back and forth between product and market and I never settle on one because, and this is, this is the part you're not going to want to hear. Once you settle on a combination of product and market, you have to test it. You have to actually create, create a product or at least a minimum viable product, go out there and see if people will pay for it and will buy it. That takes time right. because first you have to make people aware the product exists. Well, first you have to find where those people hang out. And if you're like me and you haven't really firmly decided on a really specific group of people, then, then it's hard to figure out where the people hang out when you don't know who the people are. Um, uh, And so that's, so when you ask, where am I having a problem? That's actually where I, where I lose my own traction is I lose traction at the very first step in marketing. Mm. If I had a particular market and product picked out, like, let's say I do career advancement for women in the workforce and I help them with communication strategy and with improving and building their reputation inside of a company. Let's, and I'm totally making that up off the top of my head, mm. right? I would at least know who to go to. Probably women executives, women with job titles of director or above. And the pain point would be, the initial hypothesis pain point would be help with career advancement. Then what I would do is I would go out and test that market. I would maybe go to LinkedIn and use the LinkedIn sales navigator to find a bunch of people with that job title and say, hey, I'm going to be running a a free webinar about how to get ahead in your career. And it's going to be, you know, three weeks on how women can get ahead in their career. It's going to be three weeks from now. And maybe people would show up. Maybe they wouldn't. I then might try running one called how women in technology can get ahead or one called how women in marketing can get ahead or one called how women entrepreneurs can get ahead. So I would try the different positionings and see what the response is, but that's going to take a long time because just doing one test is not necessarily enough information. If I'm doing it by, by interviewing people, I have to, to give them a reason to want to be interviewed. Then I have to set up the interviews. Mm -hmm. Then I have to do the interviews. This could, this could go on for weeks or months. And I'm still just in the process of figuring out who my market is. I still haven't actually created the product to see if it meets their needs or not. So That's one of the frustrations with marketing. And by the way, that's why there are people who are professional marketers. Hmm. One of the things that just drives me absolutely insane about the whole self-employed world and the solopreneur and people say, oh, Valerie, you just have to learn to market yourself. (laughs) Hmm. Well, there's a reason we have large corporations where each person does one thing. They do the thing they're good at. And when you're talking about a solopreneur, the solopreneur has to be has to be good at everything. So if you're a solopreneur who's really good at marketing, you can actually be really sucky at product development. And as long as you're good enough at marketing, you can get somebody to buy whatever trash you're hawking. But if you come in and what you're good at is is the product you're doing, like let's say you're selling, you know, I don't know. Uh, recipes, you know, you're, you're helping people come up with custom recipes to meet their dietary needs. And you're doing this in conjunction with, with uh, gyms and with people's workout regime. Hint to people listening. If you do that or know someone who does that, let me know, because I don't understand why I have yet to find a way that I can say, here's my workout regime and have somebody tell me, great, here's your shopping list for every week at the grocery store. Here is each meal you're going to prepare and how much of each item. That's all I want. And you can't find that. What you find is people that want to teach you to be a master chef taking nutrition into account. And I'm like, I don't want to be a master chef. I want a diet that will support my workout regime, you know, that's tasty. And anyway, this is this weird overlooked market gap. And I don't understand why there's no one who does that, because I think every person who goes to my gym would hire this person. But anyway. any event... Wow. I got so far off on a tangent. I forgot where I was. (laughs)
0: That's literally what, like I said, you have to hurry on your book because your story alone of how some of the obstacles you have and I would consider you multi-passionate and the knowledge that you have when it comes to marketing and sale and team building and leadership alone, this book would be self-seller and I would be the first one to buy it. So um, we were talking about your obstacles you're facing and you right. actually give a lot of information how people have to recognize there's certain key point when it comes to marketing, if they're doing it right. itself or um, just even if you're hiring somebody just to have the knowledge of what that person is doing. Like you mentioned before, okay, it's good to hire somebody that's really good at what they do. But if you don't have at least a minimum knowledge, what that is, that can also hurt you. You know, you have to like, you know, that's why I want you to read write your book and then people have to read it because... If you give yourself some knowledge of what marketing is about, then when you hire somebody, you know what to say and you know how to tell them, listen, I'm multi-passionate. Let's break it down. Let's find the target audience. Let's make ourselves unique. All of that follows up, right?
1: Yep. You know what? I just, I just remembered where we were and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back in there because uh, it's going to lead to some actual actionable advice for, for the people who are listening. Uh, the thing that is crazy about solopreneurs is that we're expected to be, mas- to be masters of all parts of the business. And most solopreneurs go into business not because they want to be masters of accounting. They go into business because they want to be masters of whatever it is that they do, whether it's designing diets for people or helping people with business problems or whatever. Mm. However, if you're a solopreneur, you got to be good at everything or at least good enough. And you know, that's, And that's a real problem. And the reason we invented multi-person organizations is that we found out as a species, we discovered that it's very, very hard for any one person to be good at all the things, but it's very easy to have one person be good at marketing and one person be good at product development and one person be good at sales. Mm. Those are different skill sets. They don't all necessarily reside in the same person. So what I'm currently looking into, this is, so, so first of all, I've been trying to just like, like do all the psychological stuff to get around my my deep uh my deep mental blocks that that have to do with with marketing and all this stuff and i'm like you know what screw the deep mental blocks i simply need this problem solved and it's going to take me probably 15 years of therapy if i don't (laughs) right so so what i'm doing is i am looking for marketing people that i can just hire now i still need to know the sequence right so I know that the place and this by the way is what my book is designed for it's to give people an overview of marketing so they have enough information to hire someone or to know where they need to study further my book is not intended as a how to book cuz the whole point is the whole point is is you shouldn't be doing everything yourself mm. you shouldn't be doing the marketing if that's not what you're good at you should find a way to supervise the marketing but it's a waste of your time to spend a lot of time doing something you're not good at. Mm. That's what it means to not be good at something. It means it takes you much longer than someone who is good at it. Right. So um, so what, what it is that, that I'm doing is I'm saying, I know where I'm stuck. I'm stuck at the product market fit. What I need is to be talking to, to be pro- to propose a, a potential p- target market, And I like to call them a desired market. I think the word target is demeaning and it turns marketing into some sort of battle where you're trying to, what, kill your customer because targets are not, I've never heard the word target used in a sense that wasn't violent. So, uh, So I'm coming up with many different desired markets. And then I'm just going to hire a marketing person and say, you know what, go on LinkedIn because marketing people, their whole thing is how do I find my market? So I'm like, great, go on LinkedIn and find me a hundred people who are in this target market and set up appointments where I can interview them. And if I have three different markets, I'll hire the marketing person. I'll say, get me a hundred interviews with, and probably not going to do a hundred, probably do more like 20, but, you know, get me 20 or 30 interviews with people who are female directors in high tech companies, because, that is a group I can reach them because I can reach them using LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Mm. And they all probably have similar problems and I can probably find out what those are by interviewing them. And if I interview them all and they all say, we don't have any problems at all, life is perfect, which which was actually the first 10 interviews I did for my previous market, that's literally the feedback I got. Everyone I interviewed was like, they're like, no, I'm totally happy in my job. I never wanna have any changes. I have no professional challenges whatsoever. And I'm sitting here thinking, then you're not my target market because you don't have any problems I can solve. So I'll do that with with women directors, maybe in tech. Then I will do it with uh, recently graduated Harvard MBAs or not necessarily Harvard MBAs, but recently graduated MBAs who have gone into finance. And I'll do it with that. And I'll come up with hypotheses as to who my different markets might be. Hmm. I will then have the marketing person do the outreach, which is the part I'm bad at you know, I I don't know why, but given a choice between spending an hour trying to do marketing outreach and spending an hour evaluating some ridiculous tool on LinkedIn to help me do social media posts, I'll go spend the hour doing this ridiculous tool. So um, we all do. Right. Well, so if we do, then great. Hire someone to do the marketing piece and let them do the piece you're not that great at at least enough to get you the information because once i know who who the market is and what needs i might be able to fill then i can start doing the rest i can start developing a product i can start i can start marketing that product but i'm not going to market the product i'm going to now hire the marketing person i'm going to say okay this is the market this is the product go uh, you know, go write a bunch of ads. And what they're going to say is, well, I'm a marketing person. I'm not really a copywriter. Mm. And that's where you suddenly discover there's a difference between being able to reach a market and understand the market and being able to write actual sales copy. Because copy, which is, which is, that's text. So that's the text you read in an advertisement or the text you read on the website. Mm. Writing copy is a separate skill from doing marketing. It's one of the many skills that's related to marketing, but you can have someone who's absolutely fabulous at marketing and sucks at writing copy. So then you now have somebody who's doing your marketing for you and you hire a copywriter to write your copy if the marketer doesn't do that, et cetera. So what you want to do is break is first, you have to learn the pieces of the marketing effort. And then once you know the pieces of the marketing effort, you need to do a division of labor so that the people who can do each one of those pieces are the ones doing it. When your company is the size of Gillette, you actually have people whose full-time job is nothing but the copywriting, and people whose full-time job is nothing but understanding the consumer perspective, and whose full-time job is nothing but planning the color of the signs to go in your product launch. When you're a solopreneur, you probably need to buy a couple hours of a marketer's time, a couple hours of a copywriter's time, et cetera, you're on a much smaller scale. So you're gonna piece this together from part-time employees. You're probably not gonna hire any of them full-time.
0: Hmm. So um, this is, I'm gonna jump into the next one because if the listeners are, listeners are listening right now and saying, okay, St- Steve, uh, I'm solo entrepreneur and I'm starting my business, so let's go with coaches because a lot of um, coaches out there are like having problem reaching clients. What, give, give us a three step and order what what should I do? Should I start uh, marketing or learning all of that from first myself or should I hire somebody? What they have to do to just get their uh, foot on the door and then later on they can hire a professional to do it for them.
1: Yep. Uh, so step number one is you have to choose who is it that you're marketing to and that's your tar- that's your desired market. But oh. then you have to choose who can you access within that market. So if you can't say, let's say that your target market is um, what is your target market, actually, Valerie? Let's use a real example here. Uh,
0: my my uh, uh, startup coaches.
1: Startup coaches. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to say desired market, desired market. Got to retrain myself. Yes. All right. Your desired market is startup coaches. Correct. Uh, that is coaches who are starting up or coaches who coach startup companies?
0: No, coaches that are starting up, uh, They they decided they wanted to be a coach. They're been in coaching for about a year or maybe six months or eight months and then now they're like okay i need to all of this thing that we talked about They're they have the skill but they don't know how to get clients to buy their services so um this is what i do i target those people to teach them
1: how okay. to start so your desired market is coaches who are starting up yes so first of all you need to know who the desired market is then you need to, to drill down to who is the accessible market how can you find those people? Right, because this this is the critical piece that you need to answer, and not just generically. You need to be specific. Right. So, for example, if you're talking about coaches that have maybe gotten coaching skills within the last year, I could imagine number one, you could approach coaching skills. Uh, sorry, coaching skills training programs like like CPI, CTI. Um, I don't know, coach university. I don't actually know the coaching schools anymore because I. I Uh, I did my coach certification back when Coach uh, uh, coach University and CTR. There's a lot out there. Right. So call them all and say, you know, and and say, I do, I help startup coaches get traction. Uh, Is this something that your graduates would need so that they can speak glowingly about how wonderful your program was, right? So what I'm doing is I'm trying to find a way to make it worth the while of those, of the coaching programs to give me, to connect me with their students mm. and then say, okay, let's do a mailing to your alumni who graduated in the last year. So that's one example of how you might reach them. You might also go on LinkedIn. And again, with Sales Navigator, you may be able to search for coach and for people who have only added that to their profile in the last year. I don't actually know if you can get that specific cause I haven't used Navigator enough yet to know, but, but you wanna identify Um, You could even Google startup coaches, maybe are Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups, you want to identify the specific way you're going to reach them. So step one is choose your desired market, which for you is startup coaches, two is identify the actual distribution channels you're going to use to reach them, not the generic hypothetical ones, the actual Mm. ones. And, and, And this, by the way, is another problem that I'm having is it's really hard to identify actual ways to reach a market that I haven't decided on yet. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do female female executives, great. What's the first phone call you're gonna make? Right. Uh, I don't know, the National Association of Female Executives? Well, it turns out there actually is something called almost that, so so in that case, I can find a way. But the point is, is step two is actually searching for specific ways to reach the market. Okay. And if you haven't done that, none of the rest matters. Right. Then step number three is uh, is finding out what you use that method to reach that market and find out what people's real problems are.
0: Mm.
1: In their language. Because once you know what their problems are, right, um, you know, like I'm having trouble advancing because men keep getting promoted over my head, even though I trained them. Right. Great. That's that's the language that your market is using. So now what you do is, and, and at this point, this differs by product category, but essentially you want to offer them a product which uses that language. Come by my coaching services, which is specifically for female executives uh, you know, who keep getting passed over for promotion, but the guys they train are getting promoted over their head. Right, you right. want to use the same kind of language that your desired market used in describing what their needs and what their problems are, and then see if anyone signs up. And that's all you have to do. You don't even have to have the product or service at this point, because right. if no one signs up, why bother developing it? Uh, in fact, I am about to, I'm about to offer my audience, uh, both my email list and my LinkedIn audience, I'm about to offer a series of webinars, and mm-hmm. these are all webinars that I've done before. And if you recall, part of my issue is that I am a polymath. I have many different areas of expertise. Mm. So these are a carefully selected assortment of webinars on different topics. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to offer them all to people and say, sign up now. And then I'm going to go look and see, is there a difference in how many people sign up for which ones? Mm. And if one of them proves to be, if none of them prove to be very popular, then I know these are not the four topics that, that my easily accessible market cares about. Now, there may be a less accessible market that I could still find that cares about them, but it's going to tell me that, that my, my low-hanging fruit, which is my email list and my LinkedIn connections, that low-hanging fruit is not getting me, you know, is not getting a lot of response on those topics. Or what I may find is that one of the topics is super interesting and gets 200 signups and the rest get 50 signups. Mm-hmm. And that tells me for my accessible market, that one topic is really good. Mm-hmm. Or it might be And I really hope this is not the case, but I suspect it might be, who knows, it may be that all of the topics get large numbers of Mm signups. And, right, that's, you know, again, that leaves me back in this weird, ambiguous place of I'm trying to be too many things to too many people. But it does tell me a lot of people are interested in all of the things I have to offer. So at that point, I could probably choose any one of the four. And it becomes a question of which one is the one that I want to do and that I think has the greatest potential.
0: Wow, not only you um, give us such an uh, broad perspective of what marketing is about, but also you give people a lot of ideas of what they start so i 'm sure if the fitness people are listening right now, what you just said about fitness and nutrition and all of that, and um, for multi uh, purpose people that are like having these old ideas in their head and like, "Oh, I wanted to start this or that," so hopefully they can now sit down and write down you know what they want and clear their mind and pick one thing and uh, grow from there. Stiver, thank you so much. This was amazing. Um, thank you for taking the time and telling us all these amazing um, strategies that we can apply, especially for solo entrepreneurs that can start today and apply these strategies to get their foot in the door, and then after that, um, they can hire somebody. So uh, thank you so much for being here.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me and. I will look forward to, to coming back again when I have my book. Absolutely. Cause I was just going to say, uh, once you're done with the book, please let us know because I
0: would definitely bring you. And by the way, if you have a waiting list for your book, I'll be the first one to be on that because the information that you're giving is so valuable and so uh, practical that people can actually take it and use it on themselves. Even if somebody's thinking about, uh, you know, starting a business, just, just looking at this, it's going to give them a lot of knowledge to, um, decide what direction they wanted to go. So thank you so much. Awesome. My
1: pleasure. Thank you.